The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On a scale of 1 to 10, how big of a fan of Patrick Wah are you? I'm an 11 out of 10. And the literal translation of Roa is king. Uh, part of the reason I love him so much is that we are very similar. And my guess is the book on Patrick Wah would be very similar to what the book is on me. He's uncontrollable. My dad would be proud of that fact. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. We're coming in hot to a Flame Tech Football Friday. It's going to be big fun. But I can tell you that we're going to talk about probably at least six, seven sports today. At least brush on them as we broadcast from South Florida, where the Dolphins are in the news, and they might be making an appearance in our Quick Six Show topics. But also the CFL is... Hot, hot, hot. We bring in from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, but also the heartland of the CFL, Darren Moose DuPont. Our guests today include the Calgary Stampeders. Oh, there's Moose just sitting down. Did you spill, Moose? We're on the air. What is this? Is this rehearsal? We're on. We're live. We're live. Okay. That's really weird. (laughs) You look highly embarrassed right now. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. You're just proving what my brother said once. What's great about your show is anything can happen at any time. Did you not know anything that we were going to air at noon Eastern? Can happen. Like every day for 776 shows? Did something catch you off guard there, Moose? Might have, yeah. <laughs> what? Tell me. What's that? What caught me off Tell guard? Tell me what no, caught you phone- off guard. Yes. A, fo- a phone call. A phone call business call Wait, we're we're cooking with gas we're off to a great start okay mark stevens going to be with us mark steven the voice of the calgary stampeders is going to be with us and also Dwayne ford from the cfl on tsn coming up uh he will be with us in hour two can you fire the quick six show horn thank you uh let's start with the canadian football league as darren and i said prior to uh, the show in our morning meeting how much CFL we're going to talk? And Moose said, well, we're fans, so let's talk about it. And this goes in order of importance and uh, interest to me. The first CFL game of the season is in the books. A Rennie Paradis field goal with 30 seconds to go gave the Stampeders a 30-27 victory over the Montreal Alouettes at McMahon Stadium on Thursday night. Kadeem Carey had a pair of touchdowns. The game kicked off the first full CFL schedule, if you can believe, in three years. And I want to look ahead, uh, Darren, with that, it was a good game. There was lead changes. There was big plays. 
There was turnovers. Bo Levi got injured. I'm hoping when Mark Steven joins us later on this hour that he will give us an injury update on the star quarterback for the Calgary Stampeders. But three-point game, you, you called it. I thought it would be a ten, at, at least a double-digit win for Calgary, and it wasn't. Uh, were you sweating a, a little at the end? What did you think? <laughs> well, it was tied, and Calgary was going up, and then you know Montreal tied. It was. You're right. It was. It was a little bit uh, nervous at the end for those of us that kind of picked Montreal to cover the three and a half point spread. But you know, the hit that Bold Levi took and his ankle got hurt. He didn't look that bad. You knew he was a little sore going off. So I, you know, I'm really optimistic it's not going to be a long-term thing. I don't know, and hopefully Mark uh, will be able to answer that. But, you know, Jake Mayer came in, did his thing at the end of the game. I thought it was back and forth. A couple of uh, Calgary Dinos in uh, Jeshren Antwi and Richie Sandani, the Regina kid, uh, both had great games. And Vernon Adams Jr. threw for 250 yards. Uh, I think Montreal's going to be okay, but uh, Calgary did what they needed to do. Yeah, Richie Sin, Danny, his first ever 100-yard Canadian Football League game. So proud of him for that. It was interesting watching the game, which I did on ESPN+. Plus. I was just kind of praying, if you will, for Trevor Harris to get in at some point, but he didn't. Dominic Davis came in in short yardage for the Alouettes and actually scored a touchdown, I believe, in the football game. And uh, it's just interesting, and I know you find this interesting, a lot of sports people do, and for sure the fans, how rosters are constructed. Calgary had to use two quarterbacks too, but the pay structure for those two quarterbacks is far different than what they're doing in Montreal. And you got Trevor Harris on the bench, not doing anything, but you got a quarterback as a head coach in Kahari. Same as Calgary, I guess, but Trevor Harris doesn't get into the game. And so I'm seeing that as sort of the insurance policy. I would think that the Alouettes are gambling on later on down the line. We're going to see Trevor Harris. He didn't sign to hold the clipboard, but we didn't see him last night. I don't think, you know, any team really, it, it, it's rare that a team will go through the regular season in the CFL without playing two quarterbacks at some right. point. Trevor Harris will see him. But clearly, Kahari made the right choice. Vernon Adams Jr. did enough to, to keep him in the game and probably enough to, well, he gave him a shot to win. He obviously didn't do enough for them to win. But he really outdueled Bo Levi. He had a great game, but just not quite enough. But... I think Montreal's pretty happy right now that Vernon Adams can carry the load like this, and then they've got Trevor Harris waiting in the wings. I'm going to uh, sum this up on the attendance. My phone was blowing up last night with people's comments about the attendance, and I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the positive guy because you know the CFL owners and the executives are going, can we talk about the games? Can we not talk about the attendance? And for now, I'll sing from that hymn book. You're seeing, this is what I was hearing about all the unsold seats for the Saskatchewan game on Saturday. Price of gas is too much. COVID hangover. We're still mad about the vaccine policy. That's the Sask thing. For last night, people are saying, oh, it was a Thursday game. You know, midweek game sucked. Hard to get there on time. I'm like, I don't know how many times we have to say it. If you want to go, you will go. If you don't want to go, you'll find an excuse. Put that on my grave stone my tombstone moose the tombstone that will be the the height of the empire state building my my statement on that as long as they're willing to pay five to three hundred dollars for oilers tickets on a freaking monday don't 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 it's not about the night of the game night of you know midweek it's not about gas prices not about covid not about anything it's about whether you want to be there 
or whether you do not. And there's going to be in Vancouver, by the way, for Saturday night's game, the one that I'm, oh, I hope I can stay awake for because it's Chris Jones and Edmonton at BC, and you've picked the Elks to win that game. Now they're saying 35 to 40,000 fans. <laughs> Be the largest crowd since 2014, and the infamous Dennis Skulski guarantee, and I was there for it. Saskatchewan at BC, remember the BC Lions president? He's not there anymore, but he got his knickers in a knot and guaranteed that the BC Lions were going to win the game. I, he was mad because the Riders put a billboard up across the street from his stadium. Hmm. These typical presidents, right? And it was hell of a hell of a story. I think, I think we won 20-16 to 16 in that game. And I remember after the game, reporters got their mics. You've heard the story a million times, but our viewers might not. Reporters have their mics in the face of the head coach of the Rough Riders, Corey Chamberlain. Did the guarantee factor into the motivation for the game, Coach Chamberlain? Did that, did that have? There was a guarantee. What? The what? I, I didn't know there was a guarantee. And then the locker room drains. We got on the plane to, to come home, and the media goes into the locker room and sees that on every stall was photographed a picture of Skulski and his quote highlighted by Corey Chamberlain, who said he didn't even know about that guarantee. What? Are you what? So anyways, almost a decade since they've had this big a crowd, uh, Moose. So congratulations to the BC Lions and their fans for that. It's going to be awesome. going to be awesome. I hope it's loud, and I hope we get a great game. But, you know, in Calgary, when you get a game like that and a finish like that, and it's exciting, and Calgary wins, you hope that wakes up people in the city to say, look, at this is something we want to come out and watch. Uh, Jenna... Watching in Southern California says, good morning from Southern California. I'm feeling a win tonight. Let's go red blacks with a red and black circle emojis. Wayne and Victoria says it's good for the CFL to have close games with lots of scoring and lead changes. I know the Stamps fans want total domination, but too bad for them. Hey, a win's a win. Uh, Snowman is checking in from Indiana. Morning, Snowman. Good to hear from you. People are writing in with beer prices. Hey, listen, it's what we do here. We get together every morning at noon, well, every afternoon at noon, Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain, have coffee and talk about sports. It is literally, officially the greatest job in the world. And, and that's just point one. Point two, the two-time defending Grey Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers open their CFL season tonight when they host the Ottawa Red Blacks. Bombers quarterback Zach Caleros, the reigning CFL Most Outstanding Player and Grey Cup MVP, begins his 10th season. Got to be more seasons than that. But maybe not. Calgary Stampeders, as we mentioned, edged the Alouettes last night, 30-27. I'm just reading the wire copy. Call me Ron Burgundy. I just read what they put in front of me, Moose. But um, the spread on that one is 9.5. Bombers favored by 9.5. I think we both took that bet, did we not? We expect a double-digit shellacking tonight at IG Field. Am I right? No, I picked Ottawa to cover. And Winnipeg will win. Oh, okay. I think Winnipeg wins, but probably by a touchdown. I think it'll be a lot closer in week one. Facebook is a wonderful thing. Will you please join me, Moose, and the viewers as well, if you wish, in a rendition of Happy Birthday for the president of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Wade Miller. It came up in my Facebook feed today. Happy birthday to you. you. Happy birthday to you. I guess. Happy birthday, dear Wade. 
Happy birthday to you. you. And many more. Wade Miller will be uh, celebrating his birthday by raising a banner tonight at IG Field. Second consecutive uh, banner for his franchise. And I want all of Winnipeg to tell Wade, hey, Rod and Darren sang you happy birthday on the RP show today. People flood his phone, please. I know how that works. Um, Yeah, you got something? He just laughed. No, that was great. I just wonder what that sounded like on, on YouTube because there's probably a second or two delay in our audio. I heard Jordan in our ear during it. I don't know what he said, but. I bet you, I think it was Ryan. Doesn't matter. I, I'm sure it sounded fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, by the way, well, our NHL coverage is brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating. Big avalanche fans over there. To schedule maintenance or to learn more about our services, call 306-781-2090. Or visit us at broncoplumbing.com. That's our NHL coverage, which we're getting to, trust me. But let me just ask you this. I was reading up on this game tonight, Winnipeg and Ottawa, and how the Blue Bombers, Zach Caleros wanted to play. But they said, no, you're good. I guess Buck Pierce and Mike O'Shea conferred on it and said, we don't, you don't need, we're that good. I don't know if they said that specifically, but you know what I mean. I'll be tuned in tonight to see if they are that good. It's kind of unheard of to not have your starter take any reps in the preseason. Took none. It is. It's uh, it's bold, but the healthier quarterback is most important. What else does he have to prove? But it's not about Zach Caleros proving anything. It's about getting him into game shape and, you know, taking those live bullets. You can't simulate it in practice as much as we try to. You can't. So, that's, you know, they might be a little slow to start offensively. I don't know. Um, for me, too, brand new backfield. I mean, some familiar names that have been there before, but no Andrew Harris in the backfield. So there's going to be some changes to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and we'll see what kind of group they have here tonight. Checking in with the viewers, John Ohm. Ohm. Ryder fan living in Winnipeg. He's a Bomber fan when the Bombers are playing, but... He says, I hear that the Riders are 5,000 short of a sellout. Um, I thought there would be more tickets unsold. So I don't know what to say about that. Um, but the lack of a sellout this far in advance of the home opener of a Grey Cup year, not good. Moving on, 2.3. This is what I wanted to get into with you, and this may take us for the balance of the segment. Tom Brady concedes a lot has happened in the four months that have passed since he announced through social media that he was walking away from the NFL after 22 seasons. For now, though, he's back and just wrapped up the Buccaneers minicamp. He says he's just focused on helping the Bucs win another championship, but he spoke less candidly about whether he had discussions with the Miami Dolphins this spring about the prospect of moving to South Florida in some capacity, possibly as a part owner, player, or even both. Here's the quote, Darren. I don't know if you saw it. TB12 said, when asked about this, he goes, again, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people, as I have for the last three or four years in my career, about different opportunities when I'm done playing football. I kind of made a decision about what I wanted to do, and I'll get to be in the game of football. I think for me, the most important thing is where I'm at now and what I hope to do for this team. That's been my commitment to this team and this organization. It's been so much fun for me to come here two years ago. It's been about two and a half now, and it's been an incredible part of my football journey, and it's not over. <clears throat> so, as I told you on the phone this morning, Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, 
Is he still on NBC, Florio, Sunday Night Football? I think so. Okay. So. He was on Miami Sports Radio this morning talking about this, and he's like, Tom should be the commissioner when he's done because he didn't answer the question, but he didn't leave room for a follow-up question. Darren, when I tell you, and I gotta, you got to come down for a visit and spend some, some time here, they are obsessed with Tom Brady. They're obsessed with him. Everywhere you go, you hear it in the media, you hear it in the restaurants, you hear it on the beach. They love Tom Brady, and they want him to play for the Dolphins. And I, that's, we, this is going to have to carry over to the next segment. I feel bad for Tua, their current quarterback, who's going into year three here, I believe. But the, the, the story was this. The owner of the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, wanted Brady so bad, they were going to give him a piece of the team, $20 million a year, orchestrate a trade with Miami, and hire Sean Payton as their head coach. This is what the owner wanted. In the meantime, Brian Flores had been fired, their coach, the last three seasons. He turned around and sued the Dolphins, claiming you know the tanking allegations, the racism, and it muddled up the whole Brady thing. And I'm sitting there again, driving down the freeway today, going, looking at the radio, can't believe what's coming out of it. I'm like, how can Mike Florio report all this stuff? <laughs> like, he's like, it was happening, folks. How about that? I know. It's insane. It's how insane. I know we got a break here, but I mean... For Tua to come out just last week and and talk about the critics and the Twitter critics, and he's got to silence them. We didn't see all of that. And you know that if all this was going on, that Tua knew all this was going on. This was getting back to him, too. So it's not just him saying he wants to silence the critics. It's him saying, look, you think you're going to take my job? You want to talk about this? You want to put me as an afterthought? He's going to want to go out now and prove that uh, he's the guy. But... It's a lot of distraction, a lot for Tua to take on. So it's a Flame Tech Football Friday. We haven't even got to the hockey yet, and we will discuss that next. Uh, but yeah, here we are in, I guess they just wrapped up OTA slash minicamp, so you can see why they're in the news, but it's all they talk about is the Dolphins. And when they're not talking about the Dolphins, it's college football. It's insane, especially if you love football, it's great. This is the warm-up. We're only a couple points through it. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at Rod Peterson. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It is a football Friday. RP show continues. What a wonderful day. We're brought to you in part by Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. They specialize in improving your company's performance and bottom line through supply chain management services. And, of course, as always, brought to you in part by Taco Time. They're not tater tots. They're Mexi fries. And we can sprinkle in some viewer comments as we go if we uh, want to bring the moose in. Mike Horgan in Toronto is watching. He says, I bet the Dolphins are counting their blessings now that Deshaun Watson decided to take the Haslam's to the train station instead. Uh, Arlen Bruce III says, Tua will be replaced by week seven. Watch. Oh, it's such a mess. And you know, it's interesting, Darren. Robin and Prince Albert says, is there a point where Tom Brady will be a player slash coach? Reggie Dunlop style? Who knows, man? Tom's going to have his pick. When he announced his retirement last, was it two weeks after the season last year, which lasted 41 days? 
Did any of us believe we would never hear from Tom Brady again? Like, I didn't think he'd come out of retirement and play, but I, I thought he'd go to the booth. I thought he'd get into ownership. I thought he'd do, be an analyst, something. Um, and he's still playing now. But down the line, I, he'll do whatever the heck he wants to do. Yeah, he will. He'll do whatever he wants to do. And it was interesting with the quote because he talked about after his playing days. So he danced around and didn't really talk about that he wanted to play with the Miami Dolphins. It was about after the playing days. But if playing with the Dolphins is what went along with him being an owner, he probably would have taken that. It's just, you know, Tom is so good at that, at disarming everybody and just, you know, answering the question but not committing. Um, It was pretty good. Randy from Winnipeg watching on Game Plus says, uh, not sure why Cleveland got involved with Deshaun Watson. Did they not do their homework? Uh, clearly not. And just, you know, one more from Florio from profootballtalk.com. Um, they're really talking about Deshaun Watson not playing this year. <clears throat> and oh, I know we discussed this yesterday, but, you know, there's now there's a group of females in New York now that have come after him legally for misconduct mm-hmm. and harassment. Like, what, what kind of guy are we dealing with here right now? And, and for Browns fans... My gosh, I, I can name some of them friends of mine, Chris Moan, Kelly Bale. Guys, if you want to pick another team, nobody's going to hold it against you. Like, how could, how could you cheer for this team, Darren, any longer if I you're know. a long-time, long-suffering Browns fan? I know, and the part of it, too, is that what I understand from what I've read from the insiders is there's no contingencies or there's no insurance policy on the trade so if Deshaun Watson has more legal issues here which we know that are coming and he can't play they release him whatever those draft picks don't go back to Cleveland they stay in Houston so Houston comes away with the ransom and and all the picks and the compensation and you know Cleveland just ends up with the headache oh and here's another one the NFL is in no rush according again to Mike Florio from ProFootballTalk.com and NBC Football Night in America to make a decision on whether Deshaun can play or not this year. This could go right up until training camp. Why am I getting interference in my headphones? Is that coming from your end, or is it coming from the Millennium Falcon? Yeah, I'm getting it it too. Okay. (sighs) Must be Friday. Um... Do, 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 do. Okay, back on point. Because I could go on on this forever, but I won't. <clears throat> I said that we would talk hockey. Andre Palat, point four of the quick six show topics here. Andre Palat scored his second goal of the game with 150 to go to break a tie and lead the Tampa Bay Lightning to a 3-1 victory over the New York Rangers Thursday night. The victory gives Tampa a 3-2 lead in the Eastern Conference Final. Brandon Hagel, the former Red Deer Rebel, added an empty netter with 59 seconds to go to seal the two-time defending champion Lightning's third straight win. I've not yet, and I clearly never will, Darren, master the art of watching two games at once. So I was watching the Stampeders and the Alouettes and thoroughly enjoying it, and I did not really flip over to the Stanley Cup playoff game. Now, wouldn't you know it, I wake up this morning and my phone's blowing up with comments about the hockey game, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I was watching the CFL. How much of the hockey game were you watching last? Yeah, I watched quite a bit of it last night. I was into it, and you know, it was another another good game. And you just the Rangers are right there too, but it just feels like Tampa has woken up, 
and they've really taken the momentum back. And it almost feels when you watch it like it's inevitable, right? And that's a tough feeling as a hockey fan when you are a fan of the other team. You know, for Rangers fans, that's awful tough. But we saw a little emotion at the end of the game, too. Like, you know, right at the buzzer, we saw a little bit of the rough stuff happening in the corner. Stamkos got into it. Like, there's starting to be a little bit of bad blood now. And now when you look forward to game six, you wonder if that's going to continue. And maybe that's what the Rangers need to do to find a way to extend the series. Poll question today, Moose. For Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, Capital with dealerships across the prairies. Do you believe the NHL would like a Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup? I feel like I've been wanting to tweet this poll for a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months. Shoot, maybe a couple of years. Let me word it again. Do you believe the NHL would like a Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup? 67% of respondents on Twitter saying no, no. The NHL doesn't want a Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup. Um, I don't know where I sit on that. I don't know what, I don't even know right now what I would vote on that. Because when Gary Bettman came in in the 90s, we were all following the CFL very closely, came from the NBA office in New York, and (laughs) his buddies, Bettman's buddies, said that Gary didn't know if a hockey puck was made out of chocolate, rubber, or, or if he could open it up. Unscrew the lid. He didn't know anything about it. And he darn sure didn't know anything about the NHL in Canada. He didn't really like it. That's where the booing of Gary Bettman started, by the way, in the 90s. It was when the NHL draft was in Canada, and people booed him because he was anti-Canadian. But he's not stupid. I've been around Gary Bettman quite a bit. Nobody would say Gary Bettman's stupid. He figured it out, I want to say, about 10 years into his time. Now we got a helicopter going overhead. Can you hear that? What else is going to happen today? Uh. Anyways, he figured it out about, a, about 10 years into his tenure that Canada butters the bread of the National Hockey League. At the time, there were six franchises in Canada. Now there's seven. And have you, you must have seen the numbers. Some of our viewers that are far smarter than me can maybe text me the numbers, but it's like those seven teams provide like 85% of the league's revenue. Those seven Canadian teams, and I wouldn't be surprised. So I, I don't think Gary Bettman would have a problem with the NHL uh, having a Canadian Stanley Cup champion. I, I would vote, yes, the NHL wants it. How would you Yeah, I would that? think that. I would think they do. It's been a long time since 93, and, you know, yeah, it's great when these other markets, I mean, obviously you want to share that cup around. If it was up to the league, it would go to a different team every year, and it would cycle through all the teams, yeah. and you'd win every you know, 32 years and away you'd go. But um, that's not the case. And I'm sure they'd love one to come back to Canada and, and uh, invigorate the market. But the market is always going to be there. Um, just like you'd like it to, you're happy that New York's relevant again, one of your largest markets, you know, and you want Arizona to finally be something because of the large television audience that's there. And you liked it when LA was getting Hollywood involved in the game and they were winning. So there are things from a business perspective you'd like to see, and no, I don't think they're anti-Canadian. Wouldn't you just like to spend a couple of days in a league off? Or at the very mm-hmm. least, put a bug under the table in the conference room. 
and just see if all these wild, all these wild theories have any credence to them or not. About that in the dressing room of the uh, that team doing. The referees, right? Pre-game, you want to bug the ref ref room pre-game, right? Listen, listen. I don't need to ask if the refs have prejudices or discriminatory inklings. Because I know that they do. I know. I have been friends with a lot of them over the years. I remember one time I was in a bar in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, called the Crushed Can. And I'm not going to say who the ref was. But I said, hey, do you guys have any preconceived notions or any ill will towards our ownership? And he took his, he took his swig of beer and goes, no. <laughs> so I know that the refs do. I know that they do. It's the, it's the league office that I've never spent any time in. And you wouldn't really get a straight answer out of them anyways. Some other points uh, before we break, and we'll bring in Mark Steven, the voice of the Stampeders, and then more with Moose. I got a lot of points here. The Canadian men's soccer team put a dramatic week behind them with a decisive 4 nothing win over Curacao to open their CONCACAF Nations League campaign. That was in Vancouver last night, so they actually played. The Blue Jays continue a six-game road trip with the first of three contests against the Tigers in Detroit tonight. The Jays took two of three off Kansas City. They're seven and a half behind the Yankees for the division lead. Uh, round two of the PGA's Canadian Open is underway at St. George's Golf Course in Toronto. Wyndham Clark. That's his name. Sounds like a hotel to me. Wyndham Clark fired a bogey-free 7-under-63 to lead after the first round. Mackenzie Hughes has an afternoon tee time. He was the top Canadian in round one at 4-under. In game four, the NBA Finals goes tonight in Boston with the Celtics holding a 2-1 lead over the Golden State Warriors. Boston favored by four tonight at Bet Regal. There's a lot of sports there. I'll get to the CEBL results uh, later on. Uh, Moose, but that's a lot of talk uh, they're going into the weekend there's a lot of topics covered there what's the most interesting story for you have you been following the live golf tour since we talked about it the i other have day? yeah i have round two is on and you know it's only a three-round event so got a lot of viewers when i tuned in i think they had around fifty thousand people watching just on the youtube feed um, they stream on other platforms, too. So they're getting an audience. They're getting an audience. It's starting to grow. People are watching it. The golf's been good. So I'll continue to watch that next week, obviously, with Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau joining the tour as well. Um, but it's great that the uh, that there's still a ton of support and that the Canadian RBC Canadian Open is, is rolling, too, because we don't want to forget about that. We got a couple moments in this segment, so I'll throw some uh, viewer comments in here, and there's some good ones. David Ice is watching in Winnipeg, and he says, All hockey in Canada brings in $11 billion annually. Cool stat? Not what I'm saying, because Hockey Canada is a completely different entity than the National Hockey League. You, what does the CHL bring in? They got 60 teams, they got multi million dollar budgets. You can't factor. All hockey in Canada brings this much towards the NHL's bottom line a year. I appreciate what you're saying. That's also not what I'm saying. Arlen Bruce III should be in the CFL Hall of Fame, writes in. He says, I enjoyed cheering for all the Canadian NHL teams. My favorite was the Edmonton Oilers out of the seven. It's going to be exciting next season because I don't have a favorite yet. Well, I think if you were living in Edmonton, it would be very hard to not cheer for the Edmonton Oilers. And I'll wrap this up go to break and bring in Mark Stephen, but with regards to attendance in sports in Canada, because it's a completely different animal than America, 
Don't blame gas prices. Don't blame game of the, what night the games are on. If people are going to be paying $3,000 for an Oilers ticket on a Monday night, then don't talk to me about CFL attendance. It's, and then people get, they're different leagues, Rod. Damn right they are. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> but they never used to be. That's the problem. So, Moose, we got a lot on the table today. I'll see you back here in an hour or two. You got it. The voice of the Calgary Stampeders, Mark Steven, joins us next one day after their season opening 30-27 victory over the Montreal Alouettes. You are watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network. We're also live on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio. Rolling now at Rod Peterson. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It's a Flame Tech Football Friday. Flame Tech, your industry leaders in combustion services. South Florida, the place to be right now as far as NFL talk goes. And uh, Tom Brady not denying that he almost became a Dolphin this past January. We're discussing that and more here on this Football Friday. But, of course, the CFL season opened, pardon me, Thursday night. Rennie Parody stroking a 38-yard field goal with 30 seconds to go. Gave the Calgary Stampeders a 30-27 season-opening victory over the Montreal Alouettes. We listened to a portion of it with Mark Stephen, the longest-serving play-by-play voice in the CFL. Mark joins us from AMCHQR 770 Calgary. There he is. Hey, Mark, I got to ask you, by the way, congrats on the win. With the Stamps down 10 points at halftime, do you ever get worried with these home deficits with the Calgary Stampeders that one day they're not going to be able to come back and win them? Well, I guess there's always that chance, but uh, the record is they will. And and the record against Montreal is crazy. They play so many close games over the years. So I don't think 10 points, you know, is all that uh, huge a deficit to overcome. The issue is uh, in the last couple of minutes of the half, maybe the last five minutes, they really just, uh, something happened. They just uh, stopped playing at the level they were playing at. The uh, offense in particular struggled, but no, I, was, I can't say I was worried, but uh you know, it's better to be ahead than behind, but their record says that they've got a good shot at coming back. And like I say, 10 points isn't uh, the end of the earth there. No, for sure. And I think the Stamps fans watching right now, CFL fans in general, will want to know if you have any update on Bo Levi's status. He was unable to finish the game with what the coach said was a muscle, what do you say, spasm or cramp? Yeah, it's sort of a Charlie horse. We're, they, they'll be on the field in about an hour and a bit, so we'll get a better update then. I could just say that he didn't leave the bench area during the game, so I would like to think that's a good sign. But we'll get more of the details because, uh, you know, it was a bit of a surprise. He doesn't run very much, and then one of the very few times he did, he got hurt. So uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, the bonuses they do have a long week this week. They have a nine-day week before they go to Hamilton. So... I would like to think that will work in his favor, but I guess we're just going to get the details uh, later on this morning and early this afternoon. Coach Dave Dickinson saying afterwards that it was not a clean game in any of the three phases. What did you and your partner, Greg Peterson, see from the booth? Yeah, I would say that's fairly accurate. I mean, there were times when the offense seemed to go to sleep, seemed to be out of sync. The defense uh, was pretty good overall through the course of the game, but then you flip it around, the L's ripped off some huge plays, a big 55-yard pass, the 70-yard run. 
Uh, you know, the special teams were quite good. The newcomer, the punter, was a tremendous, a big 70-yard kick to welcome himself to McMahon State. Even Rennie Paredes continues to be as uh, the most clutch kicker in recent CFL memory. So, uh, you know, I think the special teams were good. Uh, I, I can't say it was absolutely a perfect game. I think there's areas to fix up and clean up, but I guess it was just enough to get the job done. But you're right, uh, they could have played better in, in all areas. What? Uh, again, longest-serving play-by-play guy in the league. You know that good teams survive not perfect games and still win. And I look at that preseason for Calgary. You tell me if I'm wrong, but it's seventy-eight to thirteen. They outscored the opponents, and you didn't even yep. play your vets for much of it. To me, that was a statement. This is a pretty strong club. I think that's it. The uh, lineup against BC in the first game was everyone who was eligible to play. They didn't play a lot, everyone. Uh, the second one in Edmonton, though, they set up a lot of the guys that were not the presumed starters, guys that are earning spots, and a lot of the veterans sat. That was A, because they wanted to evaluate. B, they only had a six-day week. So those were some of the things that went on there. And It's just the way they played, not so much the scores. I understand that things happen, but the way they played, hmm. the uh, offense, uh, you know, didn't have too many turnovers. They didn't have too many penalties, although they made up for lost time last night with a lot of penalties. But uh, yeah, they played pretty well. So I was quite impressed. I took away as much as you can from a preseason uh, of a positive variety for the stamp. Yeah, well, I got to ask you, and let's inject some juice here. I mentioned I've listened to part of your game. I watched the TSN broadcast. And you won't be surprised, Mark, that the suitor circled the 13 interceptions of Bo last year with his telestrator. And he's like, this is the number that's got them concerned, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, guys, you see this campaign of people dumping on Bo. I'm not saying suitor was, but people are. Yeah. I'm like, you're just riling him up. You're just motivating him. That's what I see. Am I, am I right in that? Where's this all coming from? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I, I'm with you. I see, I see the same thing you do. There seems to be says, to chop him down to size. Maybe he's just been way too successful for uh, too many people and they can't stomach success. I guess that's the only thing I can think of because I'm with you. I've just detected that. There seems to be, you know, and he did not play well in the time he played in the preseason. I acknowledge that he could have been uh, much better, but he had, there were some problems. Oh, it wasn't all his doing, but how many people are ready to flush a hall of fame career down the you know what, based on a poor quarter in the first preseason game, I was shocked. Now, does he have to play better? Yeah. Can he do better things? Was he absolutely at the top of his game last night? But I don't know. I take a look at that win percentage, and uh, maybe it's time to acknowledge that he is one of the best. And I don't know who's trying to tear him apart, but uh, it seems to be a never-ending uh, career goal of some people. Well, I, c- I could give you names. I'm not going to, but you know who they are just as well as I do. But Doug Flutie wasn't perfect. Uh, Damon Allen wasn't perfect. They would tell you that. Bo's not perfect, but he's mm-hmm. got the winning percentage, as you say. And my thing is, if you're really worried about Bo and you w- don't want him to destroy you, pump him up. Make his head fat. Don't put a chip on his shoulder. That's the last thing you yeah. should want to do from, from what I've g- gathered about this guy. Well, I'll flip it the other way, too, is uh, all these people, and I see all these uh, you know analytics-type stuff and everything like this. Are you trying to tell me John Huffnagel, Dave Dickinson, and Mark Mueller won't put in the best quarterback that's going to give him a chance to win? I mean, come on, cut the garbage. Yes, there's things you can slice his record if he's, come on, cut the garbage. But that's the way I see yeah, it. Yeah, anyway. for sure. No, no, I, no, I just I can't imagine too. a certain um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's and the other odd. thing is, I saw your photo. 
I saw your photo on Facebook of both standing proudly at the podium the other day for his media availability, and he said, I feel amazing. And for his sake and for that sake, I hope that this is not serious, and you're telling me that it's not serious. But as far as Jake Mayer goes, there's a guy that they can plug in yeah. at any time and win games. Sure. And that's got to be a good thing. Yeah, no, I agree. They've got the best one-two situation, league, as far as I am concerned. You know, but Jake Mayer still is a young quarterback. Maybe he'll have a spectacular career once the chains come off and he becomes a starter, either here or somewhere down the line. But uh, they're in a pretty good shape. But like I say, uh, if you want to sit around and second-guess me or second-guess others, go ahead. But don't sit here and second-guess Hoffnagel, Dickinson, and Mueller. The track record says they're above that. Absolutely. And so they got the win despite not being perfect. You said nine, nine days off. What's week two hold for the Calgary Stampeders? Well, it's a trip to Hamilton, uh, which will be great for a lot of ways. Number one, they'll go down there and try to redeem themselves last year. They were really awful down there last year. That uh, sent their record to two and five, kind of the low water point. Uh, off the field, though, it's going to be one of the great celebrations of both Calgary and the Stampeders because they're combining two Hall of Fame induction classes, which for obvious reasons were uh, postponed uh, because of uh, circumstances in Hamilton. And uh, the class is going to be so heavy on Calgary and Stampeders. It's going to be pretty remarkable. I don't know how great it's going to be for people in Hamilton, but I'm going to have a great time with it, with people like uh, Henry Burris, Nick Lewis, John Huffnagel, uh, Will Johnson, Doug Mitchell, who's a part owner of the Stampeders, uh, going in. As a builder, uh, I think I said Will Johnson. I hope I haven't missed anybody obvious. The point I'm trying to make is uh, Greg Vavra, who's going in as an amateur football player for his time with the U of C, although coincidentally, he did play with the Stampeders. But uh, yeah, it's pretty heavy Calgary, so it's going to be a pretty big celebration down there. Well, I can say it now that the green goggles are off. They're not just the team of the decade. They're not just the team of the century. They're the team of the millennium. So they'll be suitably honored uh, in Hamilton for that. Yeah. Mark, thanks for the time. Yeah. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football. Yeah, will be. I'm looking forward. Hamilton's a great city uh, for football and uh, looking forward to going down there. Thanks for checking me out. Outstanding. Mark Stephen, the voice of the Calgary Stampeders, joining us from Cowtown. We'll be right back with a sports update. We'll tell you what's going on in the CEBL. The NLL final is underway, by the way. Game two coming up Saturday night and viewer takeover. Right after this, you're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, streaming live on YouTube, and of course, you can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It is the RP Show. It is a Taco Time viewer takeover. But before we get to that, let me jump into a sports update on this Friday in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. I'm telling you, this league is shaking it up. The Guelph Nighthawks got their second win of the season Thursday night, 86-79 over the Ottawa Blackjacks on home court. Guelph now 2-3. and three. Ottawa's fallen to 1-4, and four, and they've already made a coaching change. Meanwhile, tonight, the Newfoundland Growlers travel to St. Catharines to take on the Niagara River Lions. That's this evening. The Growlers are still searching for their first franchise win after starting with three losses. The River Lions are third in the CEBL standings after having won three and lost two. And uh, the Hamilton Honey Badgers 
Coming off three straight wins, host the Saskatchewan Rattlers tonight. 7.30 Eastern at First Ontario Centre. The Honey Badgers are tied for first place in the CEBL at 4-1. and one. Rattlers 2-2. Two and two. Commissioner of the League, of course, is our great friend, Mike Morreale. Uh To the NLL, you know, we talk about these leagues that... Is anybody else talking about them? A National Lacrosse League champion could be crowned Saturday night in Denver, Colorado at the Loud House. There's no way around it. I'm reading from a news release. Unless the Colorado Mammoth win Game 2 of the NLL Finals in Ball Arena Saturday night, the NLL season will be over, and the Buffalo Bandits will be the winners of the NLL Cup for the first time since 2008. Game 2, best of three, Saturday night. Buffalo leads Colorado one game to none. It's on ESPN Plus down here and on TSN up there. The sports update for Ballers Rec Room, your official home of Slow Pitch, open Wednesday to Friday, sorry, Wednesday to Sunday. And they got the big pregame party going on there tomorrow. I saw that on their social media. Ballers, pregame tailgate, ahead of the Riders and Ticats. And also for the Tap Brewhouse and drive through Liquor Store, where you'll never need to ask to have the CFL game put on. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Okay, I'm going to jump into the comments. Take my life in my hands. The chat for the time that we have left in this segment, which is two and a half minutes. And in television time, that is an eternity. From Billium53 in the chat, because we are live streaming on YouTube. I tell our television audience that. You can also text me at 902-518-3033. Numbers on the screen. Billium53 says, Deron Carter still suffering from that bad hangnail that's kept him out of training slash practice slash game since day one. Um, haters gonna hate, y'all. I really loved that last segment with Mark Steven, didn't you? Talking about Bo, he's, he's like, where is this coming from? How are you trashing Bo? What? What? Deron Carter has given people a little more ammo than Bo, but Deron still, as anybody will tell you, the most talented player in the Canadian Football League. Anybody will tell you that. I think Deron's 31 now. He is a close personal friend of mine. We've talked about the haters. I would love the chance to talk to Bo about it, but I still don't think he wants to talk to me. And I think he's doing fine. But one thing I've realized about being in South Florida, you reach a certain level of happiness in your life, there ain't nothing going to bother you. Last minute of play in hour one. Last minute. Again, you reach a certain level of happiness in life, there ain't nothing that can bother you. But I'm not 31 like Duran. He's got to win a championship. I don't think he's got to play in the NFL to silence the doubters. I don't think you ever dial- uh, silence the doubters. I don't. We've done a pretty good job of it this week with our news with Game Plus. But you know, you know what I'm getting at. They're going to hate on Duran, and he just can't allow that to happen. He, and he does a pretty good job of not allowing it to happen. David in Winnipeg says a quarterback factory in the CFL is Calgary. No two ways about it. Going to be a lot of fun next hour, hour two. Moose will be back with us and Dwayne Ford from the CFL on TSN. Stick around here on Game Plus Television. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.